in. Where did you dig up that old fossil? Going to Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. That's not a moment. We're all fine here now, thank you. How are you? Welcome to the Star Wars Nerds Podcast. I'm Dan Vatabunker. And I'm Kenton Larson. I have a convention, <laughs> convention to make. No, I have a confession to make, Kenton, uh, which I've already told you off the air, but I'm going to say it. I have a confession to our listeners. I messed up, and I've lost an episode of our podcast. <laughs> That's our second lost episode. The first one was intentional. Well, the first we one threw we, it in the garbage. we could not air because it was, it was not of good quality. But what happened was we recorded, actually it was two weeks ago, I think we recorded a very short episode. Uh, we didn't have a lot of time, so it was only about half an hour. But um, what it was, was uh, I had some stuff on my, I guess on my desktop, I had some files saved there, and then I accidentally deleted them. I don't know, I don't know what happened, but of course I lost that episode, I also lost two episodes of Super Pulp Science, which is the other podcast I produced. Well, you can lose all of those you like. No, I feel feel worse (laughs) about those. I do, I feel worse about those, because those are people who have trusted me with producing their podcast. I don't really care as much about us, but... (laughs) But um, anyway, so so the discussion, but I think it's okay because the discussion we had uh, centered around something that happened on our Facebook group, and it's a conversation that we can do anytime, um, kind of talking about why people hate uh, The Last Jedi so much, why people hate the Disney version of Star Wars. So we'll get into that in another episode when it feels fresh again. Um, we also talked about the Cassian Andor standalone series, which I do want to get into again today, so we'll talk about that a little bit later. But first, Ojaba. What now? What are you talking about? Huh? What? Goodness gracious me. We're going to do our new segment called Ridiculous Star Wars Headlines. I, I don't even, stupid Star Wars Headlines, what are we going to call it? So these are legitimate headlines trying to earn your clicks by clickbait. getting you. Clickbait Star Wars Headlines, Star whatever. Wars cl- Star Wars clickbait. Uh, uh, clickbait would be fun if we could do a play on words with a Star Wars character. <laughs> Well, who is bait? <laughs> Jar Jar. No. Oh, who's bait? Uh, oh, um, who is bait in a in a Star Wars movie? Oh, uh, well, um, the uh, uh Han, like Han, Leia, and Chewie right. are all bait on uh, Bespin. Yes, that's true. So they're bait for Luke. So Bespin there you go. bait. Uh, be, uh, well, uh, Lobot bait. I don't know. We let's we're, keep thinking about. We're it. overthinking it. I yeah, think yeah. is what we're doing. Anyway, ridiculous nice Star Wars it, headlines. It would be nice if yeah, it'd be nice for the next no next one. We'll have a Star Wars name that sounds like bait a little bit, but then we'll put the word bait in it. It'll be hilarious. <laughs> Today's headline. You already know what it is because you mentioned it to me before we uh, started recording. The headline is Obi Wan Kenobi spinoff film reportedly being filmed by George Lucas in Ireland. This is massive news. Wow! Are you kidding me? This is the biggest news I've ever heard in my entire life, and I bet it's true. <laughs> you bet. So what, do you, what happens when you look at? It? What does it say? <laughs> so this is, this is an article from. I'm going to name them because this is okay. ridiculous to even publish an article about this. It's from EpicStream.com. No idea what it is. It seems to be a collection of like nerdy stories. Um, uh, the news comes from a truly unexpected source: British politician. Boris Johnson, who I like to call the Trump of England, uh, just simply because he has ridiculous hair and and he uh, looks like him and he's a boob. He's like an idiot. Him. Yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> so he <laughs> Boris Johnson actually dropped some interesting details during his speech at the DUP conference on Friday in an effort to enumerate the various accolades of the UK. Johnson revealed that Lucas has already planned to shoot the Kenobi standalone film in Ireland, and it's got a link to his full speech, but I don't want to go to it. The excerpt reads. Quote, we have more Nobel Prizes from one Cambridge college than from Russia and China combined. By far the most dynamic creative culture and media industries 
Which was the biggest grossing movie last year? Star Wars. And where does George Lucas propose to make a follow-up about Obi-Wan Kenobi? Northern Ireland. Who's, according to who? Where is he getting this from? Pulled it out of his ass. I suspect so. And I also suspect, suspect that he's mixing up. He's thinking of when they shot, like, portions of yeah. uh, The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi in Ireland. He thinks George Lucas is still running the show. <laughs> he does. He does. He, he uh... <laughs> He, he and he's heard jo- somebody. He knows enough. He knows Ewan McGregor's from England, and he or well from the British Isles. Let's say I think he only and, knows Obi Wan Kenobi as a character. That's the only character he knows from Star Wars, right? And I think all of that danced around his brain. And, oh and man, he, he really making, is the Trump of England because he's just making this stuff up, right? So, but I cannot believe, I, and this is not the only article like this. I've seen a number of them on my friend Flipboard. Uh, and Flipboard's full of them. Oh man, so so. Uh, yeah, it's completely ridiculous. I I do not believe this in any way, shape, or form. Well, if it turns out to be true, we'll offer heartfelt apologies. Oh, sure, but it's not. It's not. <laughs> but I did, it can't be. And by the way, Star Wars has been shooting in England since its inception. It's always been there. It's it's a as much a part of uh, British culture as it is American culture. Sure. It's always it's always a, a lot of the actors are British, even though they dubbed in a lot of the voices. Where do you think all those pasty white guys came That's from? Right, and exactly. actually, the American accents are are uh, many of them in the ex in the trench. Uh, run in the first uh, in A New Hope are actually dubbed voices. That's right. That's right. Like Wedge. Wedge Antilles yeah. famously. Uh, yeah. What's the actor's name again? I don't remember. Uh, his Dennis name. Lawson. Uh, uh, the uncle of, of Ewan McGregor, yeah. who apparently will not come back to reprise the role. Although he went uh, to, he was at at uh, Star Wars Celebration, or was it Celebration or another one? I think it was Celebrate, the last Celebration. He was there. So maybe he's warmed up to the idea. We we would love to have Dennis Lawson back in a Star Wars film. Oh, for we? sure. Oh, I'd love to see Wedge again. Oh my god, uh, Wedge yeah. absolutely has to be alive. He and by the way, he's in the um, what are they called? The uh, the the Chuck Wendig books that we didn't like. Um, but not because of his political views. Uh, <laughs> no, it was just not. I didn't think it was very well written. But those those ones, those aftermath, uh, aftermath books, yeah. uh, Wedge is in those books. So I don't know. We'll see. Holding out hope for a return of Wedge. We didn't think Billy D would be back, and and he is. And so is Boba Fett armor in his book. Remember, that's right, that's right. it had been burned by the acids of the Sarlacc. Right. So we don't know. We they, He does not reveal that Boba Fett's alive, but he reveals that the armor, at the very least, has been pulled. Well, that might actually the, tie into the Mandalorian series, right. which are currently filming, uh, which takes place, place after Return of the Jedi. So, And apparently it's not Boba Fett. They, they've said that it, it's not Boba Fett. Ah, it's Boba Fett. <laughs> come on. Bullshit. <laughs> They're just saving the big reveal. Well, come on. People guess this stuff. and They're like, no, no, no. It's not really. It is. But like, come on, just just own up to it. Let us know. It's bo- I would get more excited if I knew it was confirmed to be Boba. No, Fett. that's going to be the end of season one. It'll be like Daredevil. No, no, you can't see an outfit that looks like Daredevil until right. the last episode of the first season. Although he ditched that outfit in the current season. I know. Oh, give me a break. <laughs> Put a blindfold on him. Let's not Daredevil. <laughs> So similarly, I expect the series to be uh, to do something similar where the last scene of the last episode of the first season, because what what better way to get renewed? Right. Or to get people like Uh, I think at this point, Disney is willing to give any series um, a couple of seasons. Uh, They gave I mean, obviously they did. uh, I guess it was Netflix's call to cancel Luke Cage and and Iron Fist. But um, I suspect we're still going to see those characters come back. On the Disney streaming service, maybe they'll do a Heroes for Hire right. series with those guys. Anyway, um, so I don't think they would automatically cancel that series, even if it didn't do well. And come on, it's Star Wars; it's going to do well. It's guaranteed to do well, at least in the first season, even if it's awful. Um, I think they'll give it another chance. Well, so here's my prediction: last episode, last scene, uh, he'll go. 
Yes, it's true. You've called me Prince Zizor Z nine eleven sixteen for this entire series, but there are there are others who sometimes call me Boba, and everyone will go, "Oh no, I can't believe it!" Directed by George, created by George Lucas in Northern Ireland. Ireland, it'll say in the credits. Starring you and McGregor. That's what it'll say. (laughs) Mark my words. We do have some real Star Wars news to talk about (laughs) this week, uh, including this uh, awesome announcement that uh, John Williams, who apparently, you know, said he was done after um, composing the music for the final, I guess, episode nine. We don't have a name for it yet. Uh, But it was announced this week that Williams is actually composing new and original Star Wars themes exclusively for the Star Wars land at Disney World and Disneyland, uh, which are going to be opening next year. Super cool. I'm super excited about it. Uh, I mean, it's probably not going to be completely out there. It's probably just going to be kind of different iterations of the current themes that we have. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think he's going to come up with something new? Uh... I think we it's out actually. I mean, oh yeah, you can listen to a preview of the music. Yeah, uh, so do you wanna Oh yeah, here it is. Theme for Star Wars Galaxy Edge. Let's give it a yeah, listen. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And of course they're showing images of the construction. Very cool. Oh, it's nice. That is totally John Williams. John Williams, best composer in film history, would you say? Uh, most prolific, for sure. Best composer. Holy, well, that's a, that's uh, a the history of film that. goes way back. It's well, tough. come on, though. At a certain point, it hit a different. Most prolific? You think he is the most prolific? Some would say Hans Zimmer would be most prolific. I don't know if that's I don't know, because don't forget, John Williams has done did uh, E.T. and uh, Indiana jo- all the Indiana Jones movies. I think actually, and... if you look it up, I'm not going to look it up now, but I think I remember uh, reading an article that said, if you go by box office take, like mm-hmm. money made in box office combined, Hans Zimmer has actually made, his movies have made more money than John Williams. I don't buy it. It blows my mind. Could, I don't that know. can't be it. I, I, that's, Bullshit. Okay, well now I have to look it up. Are you going to look? I do not believe that for a second. Hans Zimmer. Not a chance. <laughs> and his name, by the way, uh, uh, Hans Zimmer, if you uh, translate that into English, it's Hans Room. This is a top grossing composer at the domestic box office, which I imagine is just U.S. All right. Uh, number one, Hans Zimmer. Bullshit. Says co- co- uh, <laughs> total films are $533 million. John Williams, 900. Th- what? That That's not right. Wait, wait, wait. That's all oh, I see. What they're they're at? <laughs> they don't even add it up for me. Okay, so Hans Zimmer has the Dark Knight movies, mm-hmm. uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movies, uh, Batman versus Superman. Um, but we're just saying North American box office, which is also by definition is going to be smaller than worldwide. Well, that's true, actually. And think about how much better Star Wars does overseas than a lot of these other movies. Um, also, Inception, like the the Chris Nolan films. That he mm-hmm. Hans Zimmer always works with Christopher Nolan, so those movies, I mean, they they do very well and they're actually very good movies. But yeah, John Williams is number two, hmm. um, and Hans Zimmer's also done more movies. He's done a hundred films, whereas John Williams has only done seventy five films. Oh, that's all. So that's probably why. 
I'm glad we uh, settled that. I, I still don't buy. I, I don't still, think you should retire. <laughs> I still say it's bullshit, but Let, okay. Let's have him. Let's have him uh, make a few more movies. Is it, by the way, it's the only thing keeping him alive. By the way, is writing all these. Well, score. he's like, I can't die. God, I've got another six movies to write scores for. And a theme park, and uh, what else? And that um, Obi Wan Kenobi movie right, that Lucas right, is shooting exactly. in Northern Ireland. I'm gonna have to get knocked that one out too. <laughs> uh, to me, I bet you John Williams watched Rogue One and just shook his head in sadness when that theme played. Well, because I think th- Rogue One is the worst of the Star Wars music. Did he do Solo? No. Uh, well, he wrote the theme to Solo, okay. John Williams, but that was it. But uh, when when you watch Rogue One, to me, the big disappointment of Rogue One is the music. That's why people who say that's their favorite of the new era of Star Wars, like, okay, you can have that, but you can't, nobody can convince me that the music in that No, film, it's just a shame, because the, the composer is not a bad composer. Like, no. Michael Giacchino. No, but he had to rush it out, right? Yeah, yeah, he came in late, and yeah. I don't think that was, that was done properly, so good point. Um, uh, even when you watch it now, to me, the worst part of Rogue One is when you see the cheesy logo. And that, and the, meh. and that, whatever that music is doing under that logo. Speaking of Rogue One, good segue. Um, the uh, Ben Mendelsohn has been doing some media lately. So, uh, he's he's uh, promoting the the much maligned Robin Hood film, which he is now. He's the sheriff of Nottingham. In it's the first. Oh no, no. I'm sorry. I was gonna say it's the first big bomb of the year, but I guess that's not uh, true. It, it, no, it is. But it, like in, in terms of like a major, like it's got a ninety million dollar budget yeah. or something, and it made something like twelve million dollars this weekend, an opening weekend. It's it's really bad. It's Maybe getting, we're done with Robin Hood. Well, I think we need a little more time. I think, <laughs> although no, wait, there was the um, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. That I one did well. I didn't it? mind that one. I think uh, it was okay. I saw it. I have no memory of it, no. but I saw it. And by the way, uh, um, the Kevin Costner one was on TV the yeah, other day, and I, I watched, watched a bit of that. Yeah, it's not bad. It's okay, his his can't do an accent, but whatever. Get over that, and you're okay. I think it's the movie's maligned for that one single reason. But when you watch some of the and some of the banter between him and the men of the forest is forced to well, say Christian, the least. Christian Slater is not great in it, to be honest. Like he's just, you know, he's Christian Slater. Why don't we actually do something and get something done? He's like the Anakin of uh, of Robin Hood. Like he's <laughs> angry. He's the naysayer. He's the Captain Panaka of the of the Merry Men. So Ben Mendelsohn, of course, I think every everywhere he goes, whenever he does press for any movie he's in or anything mm-hmm. he's in. It inevitably comes back to Star Wars, just like everyone else who's been in Star Wars for the last couple of years. And so he he made a comment about how when they came back to shoot the do the reshoots for Rogue One, completely normal, not nothing out of the ordinary. Right, it's happened a bunch of times to him. They called him back. They reshot some scenes, and he said, really at the heart of it. And I think we know this, and, and it's been talked about before. But at the heart of the changes was the fact that everybody had to die in that movie. Right. Right. So that was the they they. We're not going to have. I don't know who was supposed to survive. Do you, does it been talked about at all? I don't think so. Maybe it would be Cassian and and um, and Jyn Erso. I don't know. But. I still think that Tie Fighter was going to pop open. That one that famously was in the trailer, <laughs> right? Not it was going to pop open. The droid was going to be flying it. She was going to hop in, and, and then dr- she would have gotten away. out. Yeah, I think she. I think she was always going to was not going to die, but... And Cassian would have sacrificed himself to save her or something. Yeah, something. Something like that. And we don't forget, we also had the footage of her running with the DVD, the blockbuster right. No More Late Fees DVD yep. scene, where she she's running slow, yeah, running slowly across the beach. Well, that's, a, that, and that's where the disconnect is for me, because I don't know how they get from... They're in this tower. Mm-hmm. They're, they're doing the claw machine to get the special uh, tapes. And then from there, she goes to the top to transmit it. But at what point do they get to the beach? Because we see her running down the beach with that thing in the trailer. 
that we that was one of the scenes that was reshot that we never saw in the actual movie. So when do they they have all the way time to get all the way back down to the beach and then back up to the tower or what happens? Probably there's probably something <laughs> like that because as it was, there was a lot of weird. Like that's the one part that still bugs me about Rogue One, which is all the you must open this door, you must pull out this tape, you must climb this ladder. It's a two video game. You must. <laughs> Jump, leap up here levels right and yeah the, yeah the big boss at the end right yeah. right and the boss is up at the top at the end <laughs> miraculously makes it up there no problem doesn't even break a sweat well, I, think, I think we're just this discussion is, is showing me why they needed to do reshoots and i think it's a much mm -hmm. better film for that i think i don't uh, yeah and i movie. don't dislike no i don't dislike it in fact i i'm looking forward to watching all of the uh all of the new uh, or all of the films in the latest era of star wars all over again because of because i do like them but uh, but but that part of that film is a little to me. It's a little. Yep. First you do this, then you do that, and then the boss shows up, and then the planet blows up. Like it's <laughs> it's it's all it's all the way it works in a video game. Um, so speaking of Rogue One, we did t we, again. We talked about this in the last episode, but uh, the other series and uh, announced so far we have the Mandalorian, which is currently shooting, mm -hmm. and they've also announced a Cassian and or. I call it a TV series, even though it's going to be uh, streaming on the new Disney streaming service. Um, so what are your thoughts about that? I just I had a great idea for what they could actually call the show. Cassian and slash or Jin. <laughs> and then it's like if she's not in it, it's just be like, well, we said it might be she might be. It's and or it's and every day, every yeah. episode is and or with a different person. Cassian <laughs> and or. Oh, I love uh, Ben Mendelsohn. Uh, uh, what's his name? Krennic. Yeah. And or Jabba. <laughs> Cassian and or, and or the guy who <laughs> who's wanted in so many systems, Dr. What's-His-Face. Oh, you know, you can, we can get real meta and go Cassian and or Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> they're either both on the show or they're both not on the show. Um, but I'm, I'm, you know, apparently this is going to be taking place before the um, before the movie. Well, so it would have to. It would have to. Right? <laughs> the best. <laughs> it's the, <laughs> the charred chorus of Cassian Andor. That's right. um, that well, actually, yeah, that's an. I'd like to see how they would pull that off. <laughs> Starring Cassian Andor skeleton. <laughs> well, you're probably wondering how I got into this mess. Yes, the and then, and then it's a flashback for the rest of the. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we start opening shot is them on the beach waiting for that. You know. <laughs> Mushroom cloud to reach them from the from the Death Star, and then he's like, "Well, it's been a long road. It all started back on wherever he's from." Um, You're probably wondering why I'm a skeleton in the opening shot of this series. Well. <laughs> You're never going to believe where it started. And then we cut away, and he's a five-year-old boy. Yes. Pod That's racing. Right. He's got to be pod racing, too. The, yeah. Uh, Sabalba. <laughs> Cassian and or Sabalba. is <laughs> <laughs> the first episode. Um, but I'm actually kind of excited because I, the, one of the things I really liked about uh, uh, that character is that he's a bit dark. He's he's not afraid to, like, kill people. Uh, we see him, like, shoot that guy, shoot the uh, faux Pablo in that scene on a very like one of the early scenes in the film. So he's not like a good guy through and through. He is, um, I guess maybe more of a Han Solo type character where he's a bit of a scoundrel and basically will do anything it takes to get, uh, to, to overthrow the empire, including killing people. Everyone. Yeah. And I like that character. And I think it's awesome. In our last episode, we talked about potential for actually seeing other people. Yeah. Like, R2-D2 and C-3PO might be a given. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, there's this, uh, you know, it's, oh, Mon Mothma. Uh, the one, uh, the one negative about it is that it is still another series taking place in this 
this bloated timeline that we have of everything taking place around the original films. Yeah. Um, but the Mandalorian is taking place outside of that, so that's good. Uh, so yeah, in a in an area which I think would be really ripe for storytelling oh, is the post Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, that'd be great. I mean, that's if Lucas would have made the movies after Return of the Jedi, we probably would have been closer to uh to the post Return of the Jedi than what we what we ultimately got, just because the actors had aged. By the way, so much. I I don't remember where I read this, and, I, and maybe it was in response to this Boris Johnson thing. Um, but there's nothing saying that George Lucas can't come back and make another movie. No, right? I I just think it would. Uh, like he like could, he, he and in could. fact, I I think people would love it. I don't think there'd be anything wrong with it. But the question is, uh, if you give him a little grip back on Star Wars, then what happens? He's not going to buy then, it back or anything. He's already. No. And by the way, Disney's already turned a profit on their four billion dollar investment. Uh, that happened this year. But he was right. But he was going to be creative <laughs> consultant. Oh, they, yeah, but they got, way they, to a greater yeah. degree than what he was, yeah. and it was almost like they were afraid to. To tie their but horse I think if to that the right and, idea comes along, and he's got something he wants to do, and and he's I mean he hasn't been doing anything lately except for working on his kind of philanthropic efforts and building a park in San Francisco or whatever he's doing, uh, or some sort of center for children who can't read good or can't know, read good. center for ants. Goodly. <laughs> No, no, but he's been working on that stuff. He has not been focusing on any type of filmmaking because it's, right. it's not what he's he's uh, getting at. But but I think that if he you know inspiration strikes and he wants to come back and make something, and if it works within what Disney is doing, there's no reason why he couldn't do that. And I would yeah. I would I think that would be a good thing. You know, let's let's let George come back and and play a little bit in the universe that he created. Yeah, I think uh, especially when uh, when they first when it first changed hands, though they wanted to do Hans when it first changed Hans, they wanted to do something. Uh, to show that it was uh, a new era of Star Wars and bringing him in at that moment would have just made everybody believe it was the same thing. But I don't th- necessarily think that's a bad thing to have George Lucas involved with Star Wars. I, I love George Lucas's Star Wars movies better than I like any of them. So I know the prequels get maligned, but he really did that. That The prequels rebooted that franchise for a young generation. Yeah. There's no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, no, for sure. I told my class, by the way, that... Uh, I was teasing them about uh, about their relationships ending when they see the, their texts coming in and they start because they've been learning how to write for the better part of this semester and now they're seeing that their soulmates can't spell things properly. <laughs> so, so they're like they're, they're, they're sort of like at a point where they're starting to consider breaking up with them. And I, and I said, your soulmate is one I like Jar Jar Binks away from you dropping them. Uh-oh. So basically – that's that's the deal breaker. If the person you're with says, "I liked," you know what? I kind of like Jar Jar Binks. It's like, oh, it's over. Yeah, relationship. That over. is Pull the, the nail in the coffin. Right. Because of the following special program, Wonder Woman and the Incredible Hulk will not be presented this evening. guest stars, Beatrice Arthur, Art Carney, Diane Carroll. The Star Wars Holiday Special celebrated its 40th anniversary this week. Wow. November 17th, 1978 is when it aired. Uh, Did you watch it? Do you remember watching it live? Not only did I watch it live. I uh, recorded it the only way I could back in the day, which is a cassette <laughs> right, recorder. Tell me this, yeah. I recorded the audio, 
And for years, I played back the audio and listened to Wookiees going. It's like the first 15 minutes of the special is just Wookiee. No subtitles. I listened to it hundreds of times probably what's interesting to me about this anniversary is that first of all pablo was tweeting about it a lot of star wars related people were tweeting about it and it looks like disney is not like you know for years george lucas said it never happened it was awful i'm never Mm -hmm. gonna let that come out um but it seems that disney's kind of embracing it at this point they're saying yeah it happened well they weren't in it's not their fault they weren't in charge of star wars when it happened oh it'll be out on a dvd one day. well um it's funny because somebody's actually putting together a comedy show in los angeles a stage show called special a 40th anniversary salute to the Star Wars holiday special, and it's about the making of... It, it sounds hilarious. I wish we could see it. Um, but it, it's about the making of that that uh, TV show. And it's interesting because we knew there's a ton of articles, a ton of pieces on this now, but I, you, you have to think that people who were making it genuinely thought they were doing a good job. Like, yeah. there's nobody who's saying, oh, we're going to make a piece of crap. Like, they, there were people coming out of the best people in variety television at the time. That format was huge at the time. Like, B. Arthur was a big star and you know why wouldn't you put her in a variety special that was themed around star wars yeah right except that <laughs> except then that opens uh the floodgates to is b arthur canon well that's this all is of before, that stuff it's harvey before Corman any of those canon. conversations any of those conversations were taking place nobody cared about it this is remember this is only after the very first film yeah nobody knew what it would become although george was already working on the second film um, and he was too busy, by the way. That's why he didn't have more hands-on in the development because he was too busy working on the next one. But uh, it's, you know, it's, it's. I watched the whole thing. Actually, it's on YouTube. You can find mm-hmm. it on YouTube. The entire special is there. And if you haven't seen, I think every Star Wars fan should watch this because it is a part of Star oh. Wars history. Um, it is horrible in parts, but some parts are pretty good. Like, for example, the animated segment with Boba Fett. Uh, it's really good. I really enjoy it. And actually, when you see the opening scene, and I remember as a kid seeing that with the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, and, and Han is flying with Chewie. Yep. Yeah. That's it. I'm turning back. I know your family's waiting. I know it's an important day. All right, we'll give it a try. I'll set your coordinates. You won't jump far. I'll get you back there in time, pal. Trust me. And I was like, oh my God, this is like... The- it's just like the movie. Yeah, and, and in fact, some of that footage is uh, cut footage from uh, A New Hope. Oh, I didn't know that. that. Use- yeah, yeah. So when you first start watching, you're like, this is like good Star Wars. And then really quickly, it descends into a nightmare. I think, you know, the initial, uh, the first sign of... of uh- the horribleness of it is the is the other Wookies like the costume oh, design yes. of the other Wookies were lumpy so bad yeah. and the names like lumpy and and yeah. uh, like Maul is fine but was was itchy was the grandpa or whatever his yeah. dad and it's like that like but they looked horrible they did not look as good as Chewbacca looks well they go from something shot on film to something <laughs> right the TV budget shot TV right. budget yeah. and then um uh, and then they because everything was a variety show back then they're like okay so we need They probably didn't even have a long list. It was probably like, we need to get B. Arthur, Harvey Corman, Jefferson Starship, (laughs) and who else is in there? Uh, Oh, God. I got it here. Hold on. Who's the dancer again? I can't think of her Oh, yeah. She was in everything. Was she a solid gold dancer? I don't think so. The solid gold dancers, whatever happened to them. I hope they had a good pension plan (laughs) because they only... They, they had a hockey player's career. It went for about five years. <laughs> that, was, that was that. Oh, Art Carney's in it? 
Art Carney, yeah, I forgot. Right. It's yeah. Trader Son Dan. Oh, it's so uh, bad. Diane Carroll. Diane Carroll, right. Um, and Harvey Corman as a couple of different things. Mm-hmm. The chef part was hilarious. I can't believe that. Uh, and Alec, oh, archival footage of Alec Guinness. Alec Guinness Ooh. is like, there's no way I'm going anywhere near was this. Was there archival footage? That's what it I says. Remember. It says here, Wikipedia. Oh, that wrong. I don't recall. I Having listened to the audio many times, <laughs> I can't attest to that. What's the last time you actually watched it? I actually watched the show. I watched it online uh, when it first started hitting the internet. Was that the 90s? I guess. Like yeah, when 99. the internet was first, first a thing. That's probably the, the yeah. uh, then. And then I've watched little clips here and there. Like once in a while, I'll watch the Boba Fett cartoon just for fun. Oh, okay. I, mean, I was sitting there. I remember watching. I was t- started watching the other day and just watching the opening credits. And they do starring B. Arthur and all that other stuff. And this is R2-D2 as himself. I'm like, why wouldn't they credit Kenny Baker? But it says here that Kenny Baker was not in the suit for that. Uh, no. I don't know who else it that was. That was the beginning of the end where they realized well, the robot could do all the work. Oh, the droid was performed entirely by radio-controlled unit. Yeah, so that mm-hmm. was uh, operated by uh, Mick Garris, Lucas's receptionist. Really? That's <laughs> what so it says. And how about... Oh, um, who should we hold responsible for Mark Hamill's makeup and that? Well, uh, you know, it's interesting. I think that that came after he had to have the surgery. He was in an accident, and of course, he had to reconstruct of surgery. Right, but um, the makeup is terrible. The, he's got like eyeliner on and stuff. It looks really weird. Even and Mark Hamill himself has tweeted that out from Hamill himself. Yes, at Hamill himself, tweet has tweeted that out that photo before. But it, it is. It's it's uh it's it's ridiculous. And I also like a Carrie Fisher singing. Uh, at the end. Speaking <laughs> right. of John Williams, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. gonna write some lyrics to Wookiee Life Day. We're gonna, you're gonna sing him to the Star Wars theme. It's gonna be great. So let's do. It. Let's put red robes on everybody. This is actually the first time James Earl Jones was credited as being the voice of Darth Vader. Ah, and I don't know who was in the suit, but uh, or if it was just footage from the original film, but. Um, I don't know if it was David Prowse or not. And it says Mala's mask was repurposed from a Chewbacca mask from the original film. Oh. So I did not know that either. That huh. was Mala was probably the best looking of all those other Wookiees. It was Itchy and Lumpy that were the horrible looking Wookiees. So there and, you go. And hours of dialogue without any subtitles. Why? Which is I, don't, I don't know how anybody thought that was a good idea because, like, even for the most diehard Star Wars fan, how. Okay, so it works. Chewbacca and Han Solo, especially in those earlier films, it works because basically Han just repeats back what Chewbacca says, right? Right. Or responds in such a way that it's obvious what Chewbacca says. None of that is happening in that scene, uh, the first scene or any scene, basically. But I this. think I think the goodwill to the star to Star Wars was so huge back in the day because that was like the original prequel reaction where I where I love Star Wars so much I couldn't recognize it as being oh, me too. bad yeah no i agree i had the same feeling when i watched the fact yeah. that, like, that was awesome and it was not right and that's sort of what the holiday special i think it was just so amazing to see star wars characters outside of the film and just like what would they be doing and and what else existed or in even the just to see star wars characters some, some new things and this is yeah. uh don't forget you know there were no toys at the time or maybe that mm, christmas there was i think so i think because I they well, didn't have wait, any toys the first christmas it was 78 78 yeah yeah i think there were in 70 okay so 77 yeah. they did not have toys that's when they mailed out a card and said your toy will be coming i sort think of there was a commercial during the show for a star wars figures if i'm not mistaken okay. i'm I think I think I remember that. Now I might be, I might be misremembering. It, but I'm um, pretty sure that was part of the impetus behind like making the special in the first place because they felt that it had already been more than a year since the film had come out. Of course, VHS right. didn't exist back then. There were no nope. home video. 
Um, so they wanted to make Star Wars kind of, they had a ton of toys to sell now that they knew it was going to sell, but they wanted to make sure that brand was like kind of present in everybody's minds. So that's why it aired in November, like the holiday weekend, the Thanksgiving weekend in the States. Um, just I don't even think Christmas I was rush. aware of that at the time that it was a, that it was a U.S. holiday. I yeah, no, I, I don't know. remember that. We don't. We didn't understand that stuff as right. kids. I don't. So. I don't even rem- remember it being on the radar. <laughs> I mean, like now we have the Black Friday sale. Right. And you're like, oh, it's American Thanksgiving. That's what Canadians call it, American Thanksgiving. That's right, or whatever. A but month I, and a half too late. That's <laughs> that. We have an earlier harvest. <laughs> we get it over with faster. Although Jesus' birthday is the same day in Canada. Apparently. We don't have an earlier harvest for that. The Star Wars Holiday Special, sponsored by General Motors. People building transportation to serve people. Uh, do you have a toy update for us? What have you purchased? Yeah. What have you looked at? What well, have I have not been purchasing them. I've been exerting my willpower oh. because there's no end in sight. And I and no Black Friday deals for you. Uh, well, at the New York Toy Fair, there's like another 50 Star Wars black figures. I was like, this I can't. And and they're starting to become like minor variations on other. Like I I said to you when I started questioning my collection uh, with the Phasma with one eye showing for 40 bucks, and I was like, I can't. 40 bucks because the eyes showing on this one like I don't think so and then I just started kind of going well I don't know and then um I saw Leah Bespin at um uh, GameStop and I looked at it and the pl- piece of plastic was like <laughs> I know it's a six inch figure but it looked like it was about three inches because of the height of uh the height that they make her so I was like, I'm not, I'm not paying forty five bucks she, for that. Is she short? Is that why? Yeah, yeah. I Carrie think. Fisher was short. I oh, guess she's I, shorter than them. The figure looks so diminutive, though. It looks like this you is, have to so be a moron like, to spend with the double braids and the like. The best. No, bin. this is the white Bespin outfit. The when they're running off, when they're running uh, at the end of the movie, okay, and okay. they're trying to escape. Yeah. So or the carbon freezing right outfit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So, uh, so that was there, and then I was like, well. I don't think I'm gonna buy this for fifty bucks. I think it was fifty bucks that one. I was like, I can't justify this crazy. Then I showed up this week, and all of the Star Wars Black Solo figures are there. So they had Beckett, they had um, the two two women from Solo figures. They had uh, um, oh Grand Moff Tarkin figure with the with the probe droid, and I was like, oh, I was looking at that too, going like, oh, that's pretty sweet. And um, I sort I, I left them. I left them, and then I went back a week later. And I was like, oh, those will be gone. No, they're still there. So I'm not the only one who's kind of like maybe broke the budget a little and (laughs) sort of taking it easy now. But they're still there. And um, they look great. The figures look fantastic, actually. Um, And I noticed while I was in there that a couple guys came in and they went and they looked at them. And I was like, oh, this will be interesting to see what they do. And they looked at them and they went, nah. And then they're about my age too. Then they went over to the uh, pop figures, the vinyl. Pop, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. The little whatever bubble. The, the the what do they look like? I'm trying to find the like bug eyed little. Yeah, things, yeah, yeah, like the caricatures. That's it. And they went over there and bought a couple of those. Well, those are cheap. Those are like fifteen, twenty bucks. That, those are the ones they were. Well, looking see, for. I don't, I don't understand the, uh, I don't understand the the pop figures. I don't understand what is it called again? They're called pop. I think so, right? Pop uh, vinyl? Uh, pop vinyl, yeah, that's right. I, I don't understand the appeal of those. I, they all kind of look the same. Uh, they're not movable. I know that, that people keep them in the box, but mm-hmm. it's like I, I wouldn't do that. I would you know, take them out of the box and pose them or something. Um, but I just don't – they all look the same. Like I don't understand why that's a thing. And they're huge. Anywhere you go, 
these things like they have uh, my friends who've gone to New York Comic Con and San Diego Comic Con tell me that they have uh, that that company has exclusives at those cons and people just line up to get into that booth just to get the exclusive. How can figures. there be so many of them? I don't get how that can be a viable. Well, it's a li- it's a licensing deal, right? So they yeah. get the license for whatever and they make them and then the original. But there's ten thousand oh, of them. Man, this, it's they have crazy. a wall of them. I think maybe that's part of the appeal is that it's every fandom, everything that you could possibly think of. Mm. They have a figure for it, so. There's, there is something for everyone, but again, I don't. I, I'm not a toy collector, but if I was, I cannot see myself collecting those. Although my kids like them, I'll tell you that. My friend, my, my friend, my my friend and son Jack, uh, <laughs> he is my friend. Um, uh, bought one for his friend uh, for a birthday present. It was One Punch Man, uh, which is an anime series uh, wow. about a guy who who punches people. <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny, actually. Um, but yeah, he bought that. And uh, when we were in Edmonton, we went on a vacation in Edmonton. He saw it at the store. He bought it for his friend, and his friend loved it. And it's again wow. a very popular series, but not for me. Well, who knew? And while while I was at the store, I also like to point out that whatever the GameStop employees are talking about is usually impenetrable, even by geek standards. But uh, when I was looking at the service figures, he was actually on the phone with somebody who wanted to know why the Black Friday deals in the States were not also applicable in Canada. And he <laughs> and and the whole conversation was like, Sir, that is an American holiday, okay? No, but we have so it here. we don't have the same sales. And then there's like a long period of silence and then he goes, Are you looking at dot com or dot C A, sir? And it's a long period of silence. No, sir. No. No, sir. That, that was the whole conversation, back and forth, back and forth. And uh, and he completely neglected the customers in the store who were looking at the Star Wars, <laughs> did not care, would rather be on, would rather be on the phone arguing. Um, yeah, I didn't go out for any Black Friday deals. It just actually it was surprising how busy the malls were. Uh, Polo Park was insane, and I, I was like, really? It was a Friday afternoon, and people were crazy there. And at the GameStop there, or EB Games, or whatever you want to call it, the lineup was out the door for whatever really? special they had. I don't know what they had, but oh my people God. were lined up for it. Um, it. It has now officially eclipsed Boxing Day here in Canada as being a busier shopping day, um, which I think makes sense. Was it really? Yeah, yeah. that was uh, that was one of the things I saw this weekend. Wow, I did not know that. Um, it, it makes sense to me because, it, and it, honestly, the, the idea of bo- uh, Boxing Day never... I never understood that because it comes after Christmas. So for me, it's always like that's the day you go and return all the Christmas presents you don't like. Yeah, Boxing Day is, <laughs> is ironically titled. Yeah, you box it up and return it. You return it for something yeah. you want. Um, but, you know, it's also, I guess, it was traditionally a time where all the retail outlets, like, mark down everything to clear it out, right, to get rid of it so that they have space for new merchandise. But it makes more sense to offer people savings uh, before Christmas, before the holidays, so that people can go out and shop. Yeah, uh, but I did not. Weird. I did not partake in, in uh, Brock Friday this year, or, Elvis, or Cyber Monday. Elvis Costello today. has a song uh, on his album "Punch the Clock" called "The Boxing Day," and I often wonder, like, does anybody, does any American fan who listens to that song, know that it's a play on words? That Boxing Day in in maybe the British Commonwealth. I don't know. Is it, it probably Australia too? Do you I, think? I, I, I won't wonder. Anybody who's uh, listening in Australia or anywhere else in the Commonwealth, please. Uh, Please at me. Does Steel Saunders celebrate Boxing Day? Well, That's what we want to He lives know. in the States now, so yeah. I don't know if he does or not. Um, speaking of Steel Saunders, I'm on makingstarwars.net, which is uh, kind of mm-hmm. a, he's kind of associated with that now. Um, and they actually have a countdown here till Star Wars Episode Nine. Three hundred three hundred eighty-eight days till Star Wars Episode Nine. So we're more than a year away. We do not know a title. We have not seen a trailer. 
What do you think? When are we going to see this stuff? Is it going to be Super, hmm. Bowl, Super Bowl again? Oh, I hope so. Certainly by mean, Super Bowl. We yeah, I, you know, that, that sounds right. Yeah. Although the Super Bowl ad that they used for Solo did not spike the box office for but Solo. But that was so but... close to Solo. Like, that was the issue with that. Part yeah. of the issue with that whole thing is that it was not too, enough lead time. too soon after after The Last Jedi, and they didn't really push it until a few months before the film came out, whereas for The Last Jedi and for uh, The Force Awakens, we had like a year of, mm-hmm. of trailers, promotion. Not that I'm a huge fan of like multiple trailers. I really only need two. I need like the teaser or whatever they, or whatever they call it, the shorter version, and then a full trailer, and that's really all I want to see. Um, but I'm sure we'll see like five different trailers for this. These days, there is no difference sometimes between what the teaser is and what the trailer is. Yeah. And also what the behind the scenes is, which is now the other thing that I noticed on iTunes now. Um, but I don't like it because on iTunes or well, on Apple TV anyway, they show they go like the trailer and then suddenly the trailer bumps up like it's new. But you can't tell what you're looking at. Like they got a trailer up at the top, and then they, and that's usually the original trailer. Then they have a little trailer, and that's sometimes a second trailer, and a little behind the scenes, and sometimes in a little, a little exclusive content. And sometimes they release a sizzle reel as a trailer, like they did for Aquaman a few months ago, mm-hmm. or a few weeks ago. When it was that, and it was just a five, basically a five minute scene from the film. Bizarre. Um, which was weird, and it wasn't great. It did not make uh, me want to see that movie. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know what the thinking is behind that. But I'm. I'm. They have to announce a name soon. Give us a name before Christmas. Give us the title of the film sometime in the next month, and then uh, we'll. Uh, you know, I'll happily wait until Super Bowl to get a trailer. But I really want to know what it's going to be called. Any guesses as to what it's going to be called? The Last Jedi. No. Um, the the last last the Jedi. Really last yeah. Jedi. In brackets, this time we're not kidding. <laughs> the force goes to sleep. You know what? I'm gonna have to. Master, do you have a guess? Because I'm gonna have to uh, think about this. Well, no, I really, I really couldn't say. Um, I don't. You see, it's so there's so much up in the air. We don't know what the overall themes are gonna be. We don't know what's gonna happen to Kylo Ren and to Ray. Like we've been guessing a lot on this podcast, and a lot of other podcasts are kind of speculating and guessing what could happen. But um, really. The title should, and they've done a good job of this, I think, in the last two films, of giving us like a title that really does kind of encapsulate the whole film. So it's going to do that, but we just don't know <laughs> what yeah. it's going to encapsulate. Yeah, we don't know. The lost brother and sister of Han Solo. Oh, no, sorry, lost kids of Han Solo. <laughs> the lost daughter of Han Solo. Ray is, is Han Solo's daughter. That's what it's going to be called. Star Wars Episode Nine. Ray is Han Solo's daughter. The hmm. end. How about Ray of Light? <laughs> They have Madonna. R-E-Y, yeah. Madonna does the uh, theme That's song. Right. That's right. I was going to sing a little, but I'm not going to. <laughs> oh man, I know. Like, this is the, let's uh, let's try to come up with some p- potential titles for next time. Yeah, we'll think about that. Well, and, it's too and hard just on the send spot. us send us your suggestions. Yeah. Let's let's put that out to the community on our Facebook group. If you're not part of our Facebook group, please search Star Wars Nerds and Media Nerds on Facebook. You'll find us, and I will add you to the group. <laughs> Why am I here? You're in a PG-13 version of Deadpool. Filtered through the prism of childlike innocence. I'm a grown And nobody man. does childlike innocence like you, Fred. Nobody. I need you almost as much as you need me. I don't need you at all. You need me to untie you once we're done. I was going to ask you something, by the way. Speaking of trailers, there's a Deadpool trailer that came out this weekend, and it appears to be they're releasing a PG-13 version of Deadpool. Did you see that trailer? Yeah, 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 with Fred Savage. Yes. Yeah. I saw that trailer, and I 
got excited that because I thought a new Deadpool was coming out for the holidays, no. but it's not. It's an edited down Deadpool. Yeah, they're so trying kids to cash can in. see it. You know what? I, I hate the idea of this because what it's oh, going to do. No. Here's what it's going to do. It's going to sh- uh, prove to the studio I know. that they can make Deadpool PG-13 and it will still make money. Um, whereas I think Deadpool inherently has to be an R-rated character, an R-rated film. And if so, this if this makes the next actual Deadpool movie like be a th- PG-13 movie then then it's all lost um so but i like the trailer i thought the trailer was very funny i just watched the princess bride a couple weeks ago so I, that image of of young fred savage in his bed was still fresh <laughs> and seeing the seeing the uh the old fred savage who's the same age as me um uh duct taped to the bed as as deadpool reads in the story that was hilarious i yeah. love that idea um but yeah i don't i don't love the idea of a, of a pg-13 deadpool they they apparently reshot some stuff I guess they can cut out some of the blood, the swearing. There's a sex scene in the in the dead in the in the R-rated version that can cut. So the I don't prob- even remember that. I know. Well, I mean, it happens really quickly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, That's a good Deadpool joke. Uh, the character of Deadpool has always been like an R-rated character in the comic books, and I think one of the reasons why that has been such a successful franchise. And by the way, the joke they made about you know it being a Marvel character, but not really a Marvel character because it's yeah. Fox doing Marvel. It's like Nickelback doing the Beatles or something like that. It was right. hilarious, funny, funny joke, which is true because. Deadpool is pretty much the only real successful franchise. I guess the X-Men were, were pretty good for a while. But um, in, in that Fox staple of, of films, and part of the reason for his success is because it was R-rated, because they fought for that and they stuck with it and it did very well. And that also um, allowed them to make Logan, which was another R-rated superhero movie that were, did very well this, and was a very good movie. This could have an application for Star Wars down the line. So, well, what, so what we see being tested here... Could, in fact, be something that we see in the Star Wars universe We've, we've talked on occasion about there being an R-rated Star Wars film and what that would look like, but the problem is Star Wars comes from a place of PG. Like, it, it's always been... Right. It's never um, it's never been otherwise. Yeah, right? and, and we've also talked about how we would like to see other types of Star Wars movies, but sure. it seems that the experiment was solo, and they deemed it a failure, so they're not going to go down the road. Well, Rogue One was going to be gritty, and it's not really that it's gritty. Not, solo was going to be funny, and it's 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 not as funny. Like, they decided mid-production for both those films that they did not want to go that far outside the Star Wars right. feel. Um, so does that mean they're never going to do it? I don't know. They could do it, they could do it in series, TV series. Um, by the way, have you seen Resistance yet? Have you watched any Resistance? I have resisted it so far. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. Uh, it's it's much more aimed at kids than Rebels was. Um, I'm not loving the characters as much. The animation style bothers me. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I got over. The animation style of Rebels bothered me as well, but I got over it pretty quickly. But this still bothers me. And uh, and there's some not great dialogue. It's not very, it's not very, I don't know. It's just not great. I, I'm hoping that it, it gets better. I've got the, the episodes are piling up on my PVR. I've not watched it in a while. So maybe it's getting better. Someone can tell me if they think it's good. I listened to my first Star Wars podcast by someone else in a little while, and uh, they ta- they talked about it, about Resistance, but it didn't sound very interesting. Well, the thing is, <laughs> it did not like, sound like a must-watch. Now, it, But again, this is a series that takes place in that area where we yeah. want more Star Wars stories to be told. It right. Is, it is between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens, but it's closer to The Force Awakens. See, this is probably something I would have lapped up when we were in that big Star Wars drought yeah. for that long period of time. Yeah, I would 90s. have lapped this up, yeah. yeah. But uh, now that we have lots of Star Wars, it's kind of uh, beside the point, I think. For me, anyway. Plus, plus, you and I are age. We're aging. 
And so, like, the cartoon doesn't don't remind me. It doesn't hold the appeal as it once did. Yet we play video games. I hope so. To, I don't. Oh, know. and by the way, that's another story oh, I, yeah. I forgot to mention is that, and I'm gonna fire up the Xbox and get back onto the Battlefront because Battlefront Two, rather, because Obi Wan Kenobi, I think, is now available. As gonna, a character. Or soon it will be. I'm like not in sure. the next. Oh week no, or so. that's right. No, um, maybe it was this uh, weekend. It was the Thanksgiving weekend, maybe. Yeah. So Obi, you now can play as Obi Wan, and this is the Ewan McGregor Obi Wan, right. from the from the prequels. Uh, in Battlefront 2, so I'm, I'm curious. Actually, I haven't played it for months, so I'm going to fire that back up again and uh, see what it's like to play as Obi-Wan. I'll report back next episode. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, I, I like the original Battlefront games better still. I still uh, like yeah. them better, yeah. 1 and 2. Um, and uh, I just was never uh, – the, the new one looks fantastic. I just don't like the g- gameplay as much. It, it's just – and it's, again, it's all built around that online – Right. Uh, uh, play which I don't love. I hate. I never ever played that part of it. I played through all the missions, finished mm-hmm. all the missions. So now I, <laughs> now I don't know. I guess there's more content. There's DLC and stuff I haven't played yet. So maybe I'll start playing some of that stuff as well. This is Star Wars nerds, but we talked about Marvel, and I just want to say, as a guy who hated Ant Man one, I liked Ant Man two. I just oh. thought I'd throw that in there. Since we're talking about Deadpool. Yeah, no, no. I liked Ant-Man 2. It was actually funny. Ant-Man 2 was, I think, much better than the first one. I agree. And I also watched uh, Thor Ragnarok again last week because I missed that film. So, I don't know. Disney's doing a pretty good job, in my opinion. I'm not going to give up on Star Wars or give up on the franchise. I can't wait for us to have our state of the Star Wars franchise discussion after Episode Nine comes. Yeah, out. yeah, we'll really take a look at it. And, and yeah. actually, we still have to watch Solo on the podcast as well. We haven't done that yet. So maybe, oh, that'll be exciting. Maybe before the holidays, we'll get to that. Oh, for sure, we will. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Star Wars Nerds. I'm Dan Vadabonker. I'm Kenton Larson. Don't let the force hit you in the ass. <laughs> station to pick up